Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Stall. 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 Bathroom stall? Call who for a good time? Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Okay. Hello! Hello! Well, it was a very exciting morning this morning because um, about 35 minutes before you arrived, I got a text message from an app called Waze, which people may or may not know. It's like a sat-nav GPS driving app, right? Yeah. And it said, Annabelle P wants to share her journey with you. Is that what it called me? Oh, yeah. that is the coolest. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing you did that to let me know you were running 10 minutes late or whatever. Yeah, so I think I was going to be 15 minutes late, so I thought I'd better let you know when I'm arriving. So I just pre- pressed the send ETA button. And what that should have done was just given me some extra time you were giving me the gift of time saying yeah. jeff you know don't don't hang around just do whatever you're doing uh use this time for whatever you want because i'm running 15 minutes late yeah what i ended up doing was refreshing this link constantly <laughs> because it showed me where you were on a little map oh and you liked following me but why i don't know why there's something so interesting about it was it oh, she's just going going through uh, just going past the park now well, I wonder whether you might follow it at first. And I was quite self-conscious how long it took me to get out of my road. Yeah, you were on I was there for quite a long time. I was laughing yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I hope he doesn't notice this. Did you watch the whole journey? Yeah, yeah. Just kept hitting refresh. I mean, for 35 minutes or whatever it was, I just refresh. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. she's, oh she's taking a long, long time at that junction. I wonder if she's stalled. Did you ever see if I was speeding or anything? <laughs> it didn't show you that. Didn't no. didn't seem to be. That doesn't no. seem to be your deal. It's not. Do, do you ever stall? I <laughs> I, I know I seem like the type of driver who stalls, but I haven't stalled for a long time. Do you think stalling, for some reason, you don't see it as much anymore? Oh, I think you see it a lot with learner. There's a lot of learner drives okay, in my area. Okay. There's a test centre and you see a lot of people stalling. Right, you know? right, right. Anyway, it was. Uh, will you do that for me every week? Of course I will, if you like it, yeah. Um, on the subject of your sort of comings and goings to my house. Yeah. Last week, as you left, my mm. wife said to me, why do you never show Annabelle to the door? Oh. I don't expect you to. Well, no, I don't think you should expect me to. No. Why is it considered rude not to show somebody to the door? Well, if so, say, I mean, I'm coming here for work. Say, if someone came round for dinner or for lunch, would you show them to the door? Yeah, but I resent it. <laughs> Like, why should I have to get up off the settee? Because they know, where, know the door where the door is. is. Yeah. Also, we have a no shoes policy in our house. So I have to sort of stand there while people are faffing about putting shoes on mm, mm. in a small hallway. 
It does seem like a bit of a ridiculous convention, doesn't it? Because you are expected to do it, but why? Why do you have to see them out? I suppose because maybe they might go rogue in your house. <laughs> <laughs> You're making sure that they actually leave. Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah, that, that makes sense. They might but go and I mean, hide under your bed. I just thought it was a weird thing for her to have a go at me about because mm. it's not like I'm waving you off to war or on a gap year or anything like that. You're just, yeah, yeah. you know where the door is. It's yeah, fine. I, yeah, I don't expect you to. Don't worry. Good, good. Um, what was there to talk about in this, this uh, intro bit here? I was going to mention, remember last week I was talking about how I was going to my best friend up north's wedding, mm. Chris, and uh, I'd, I'd been debooked for the best man's speech yes. and I said I'd let you know how, how it all went. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I spoke to Chris on the phone the night, the night before mm-hmm. and I said, so, so how are you feeling about tomorrow? And he said, well, I'm just hoping in the nicest possible way that it can be as nondescript today as possible. Nondescript, wow. <laughs> I thought that is quite the, that is quite the way to describe your, your wedding, isn't I it? I think most people don't want their day to be nondescript, yeah, do they? Just, yeah. yeah, but I, I sort of got what he meant. He just wanted to get through it with the minimum possible okay. fuss. Yeah. But uh, I, was a, I was a witness Oh, you got to witness the signatures. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's an honour. It is. Yeah. But then I also had to sign the register myself. Oh, okay. And it's it's like signing for a parcel or whatever. You become very paranoid mm. about your signature right. looking weird. Yeah, yeah, because it's on a document forever. Yes. Yeah. And they'd have to get copies of it. If I mean, I don't know in what scenario, but people need copies of these things mm. from time to time, don't yeah, they? Yeah. yeah, maybe if they wanted to get a divorce. Or <laughs> well, then you do need it then. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I ever looked at mine was when I was getting divorced. Because we, yeah. we've used Sarah's for, we've used ours for Sarah's immigration mm. papers. But apart from that, it's the only time you're ever using a, a marriage certificate for when you want to get divorced. To be totally honest, I didn't look at it or use it at all. And when I needed it for my divorce, I found out I'd lost it and had to order a copy. So that, I think that's the only time you ever order a copy is when you're getting divorced too. But yeah. Oh, and it was a fountain pen as well. Oh, fancy. But did you get you... any ink on your fingers? Yeah, I did, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't think it's possible. I think if you went to a certain type of school, they teach you how to use a fountain pen without getting ink on your fingers. Oh, right. You know, I think that is on the curriculum. Is it? At a lot of high-class um, private schools or public schools or whatever. If you go to Eton, they, they have a whole term just oh. teaching you how to not get ink on your right. fingers off a fountain pen but right. no of course of course i did but yeah it was, it was, it was quite anxiety producing mm. having to do my signature did you get in to use blotting paper afterwards no oh. is that still a thing i wonder yeah, i don't think it is no and then i uh i, I dj'd at the wedding reception oh nice mm. biggest song of the night go on Erasure, A Little Respect. I love that song. I love that song as well. But what was surprising to me, I mean, there were a few teenagers there as well because they've got, you know, uh, children. I think Eleanor's 15, Sam's maybe 12, um, and they've got friends with them. But what a surprise to see teenagers dancing to Erasure, A Little Respect. I didn't know that was a thing for teenagers. And I'll tell you what... um, I'll tell you what went down probably the worst I've ever seen it go down and the worst song of the night. Go on. Aretha Franklin, Respect. What? Yeah. Barely anybody danced to it. So they're like a little respect by Erasure, but not respect by Aretha Franklin. I also think, uh, as I was DJing, which I very, very rarely do, and I had a very mixed past as a mobile DJ that I've talked about before. As I was DJing, I thought, there is no more static DJ than me. What, in that you don't move at all? Yeah, when you look at people DJing at weddings or in discos or where, discos, uh, wherever, like you'll see them and they're kind of into the music and they're nodding their head and maybe waving their arms and getting the crowd out and dancing yeah, themselves. They're grooving. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could be a mannequin. <laughs> 
That's nice. It's nice to let everyone lead by example. <laughs> I expect everyone to react to the music. Form an orderly bubble and off we go. Adrift. Annabelle and I would love to hear from you if you have a story of you trying to blend in with other human beings and it going horribly wrong. Please share it with us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. The first one is from Sarah, who's a recent listener. Oh, that's good. New listeners. A recent one. Yes. I mean, we love them all, but oh, just yeah. the idea that there's a new one is very exciting. Yeah. Just fresh blood. Mm. She writes, we get our milk delivered and the milkman would come round every two weeks for the money. He's a very chatty young man and always used to come in and make small talk while I got the money. On this occasion, a few years ago, I remember thinking I'd not seen him for a while and wondered if he was okay. So when he came in, I asked if everything was okay and he immediately replied that he wasn't in a good way and he'd had a breakdown. I was immediately full of concern and sympathy for his mental health crisis. I'm so sorry. How awful. I know other people who've gone through similar experiences, etc, etc. When he said his friend had to pick him up from the top of the hill in his transit van, I thought he was talking about a crisis point. But somewhere in the back of my mind, the penny was beginning to drop. At some point in the conversation, it fully dawned on me that he was, in fact, talking about his milk float breaking down, not a nervous breakdown. I quickly dialed down the excessive sympathy and brought the conversation to a close. I don't think he realised my misunderstanding, but he must have thought my reaction was a bit odd. Anyway, we now pay for the milk online where no human interaction is necessary. Oh, God bless the internet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> This is from Chris. My dad's a retired Church of Scotland minister. And when you retire, you get the chance to take on locum jobs where you take on a parish that's in between ministers. It's a bit like freelance, but you get a house. About 15 years ago, he was asked to take on a church in Orkney. Having never been and having no kids to worry about, he and my mum thought, why the hell not? They loved it so much that every time an Orkney church has a vacancy, they head back up there, usually for a year or so at a time. About 13 years ago, they're in Orkney and me and my then girlfriend, Liz, now wife, and he says at this point, if you could say hello to Liz, that'd be marvellous. Hello, Liz. There we go. We decided it would be nice to go and visit. Orkney isn't a place that's usually top of the list come holiday time, but it is truly magical and well worth the effort. We decided to go up over my dad's birthday so we could celebrate with him and my mum. I called my mum and asked if there was anything special he wanted. Oh, yes, she replied. He'd really love a mandolin. A mandolin? I said, OK, cool. I felt now that I had a wee bit of money and this was my time to pay my dad back for all the things he'd done for me. It made sense. He'd played the guitar when he was growing up. Some of my earliest memories of him playing the guitar and singing Puff the Magic Dragon to me just before bed. I thought now he was retired and had a bit more time on his hands, he was going to try something new. Right, I thought, I am going to make his dream come true. I found a guy on the internet who made mandolins, called him and told him how my dad wanted to start and that I wanted to get him one for my his birthday. He said he had the very thing. It was expensive, about £250 from memory, but I thought, what the hell? I paid for it and gave him my work address to send it to I don't know if you've ever seen a mandolin in packaging, but it's quite a big and odd-shaped box. So on the day of travel, my wife and I boarded a plane to Edinburgh and I carefully placed the mandolin in the overhead bin. When we got to Edinburgh, we had to change onto a much smaller plane to take us the rest of the way. The mandolin didn't fit in the bin, so I had to sit it on my lap, upright for the duration of the flight. We finally landed at Kirkwall Airport, where my mum and dad were waiting to meet us. After hugs and kisses and welcomes, we walked back to the car. Mum asked, oh, what's in that box? It's dad's man- mandolin, I whispered. Oh, she says, it's bigger than I thought it would be. 
And that was it. Home, supper, wine and conversation filled the rest of the evening. The next morning, as my wife and I were getting ready, my mum popped her head around the door. I've got dad's mandolin, I said, but tell me, what what made him want a mandolin? Oh, he saw it on Ready, Steady, Cook. Sorry? <laughs> he saw it on Ready, Steady, Cook. Oh, no. You ever bought him a mandolin, have you? I thought that's what he wanted. Now, back then, I wasn't much of a cook. I didn't know that a mandolin is actually a thing for slicing vegetables. <laughs> Cue much hilarity and laughter. We told my dad what happened and I'd half hoped he'd see it as an opportunity to try something new and go for the stringed instrument version of his birthday choice. He steadfastly refused. So two days later, we got back on the very small plane to Edinburgh with a very large mandolin in a box wedged into the seat with us. The man who sold it to me was so excited that someone wanted to learn his beloved instrument. Oh. I didn't have the heart to send it back when we got home. It sat on top of the wardrobe for a couple of years until we moved house and I thought I should probably get rid of it. Thanks to eBay, someone else got the chance to learn to play it. <laughs> I bought my dad the vegetable slicer version the following Christmas. As far as I'm aware, he still uses it. So in the end, he got what he wanted and I got a humorous anecdote to trot out at dinner parties for everyone. Oh, that's so fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that's just great. Um, um, I wonder if the person who bought it on eBay ended up with a similar situation. Oh, maybe. I'd love know? it if it did. That just kept happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, please. If you have a story of your own social awkwardness, um, then let us know about it. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Sometimes when you're not paying attention, you didn't even realise you were in a sewer. This is not that case. Right now you're on a lake and it's nice. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Drift. We're in the middle of a serialised story from Annabelle. This is yeah. part three. Yeah, yeah. And it's ways in which you're not a functioning adult. Fully functioning. Fully functioning yeah. adult. Don't miss fully. <laughs> <laughs> I am functioning to some extent. Yes. Just not fully functioning. No. And we're on part three, which yes. is, are you ready? Emotions. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so with emotions, I do sometimes wonder if I'm not doing them right. Like I asked my boyfriend last night what he thought of me when he thought of me and emotions. And he said, without a second's hesitation, cold. <laughs> and then he thought for a bit and added, fragile. <laughs> and then he seemed to think it was some kind of free pass to insult me and carried on with anxious, I know, timid, selfish. And then my favourite, you like to be the centre of attention, even though you don't do enough to be the centre of attention. <laughs> <laughs> he said all this to me and I'll tell you how I felt. I felt nothing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't really think he meant it, even though it's all true. But he's someone who will only cry at films, like never real life, and also never TV programmes. It has to be a film. That's weird. Yeah, just films. It's the only time I've ever seen him cry. What if it was like a glossy American TV programme? No, I didn't, honestly, it's only ever films. A made-for-TV film. I don't know. We don't watch too many of those. <laughs> and particularly if it's a film to do with daddy issues. That's it. He's gone. So I think I'm much less emotionally repressed than him because mm. I definitely cry a lot more than him. Like I, I, I do cry. It's more about what I cry about that worries me a bit. Like I I feel that during films I'm pretty much dead inside. Although I did really cry at Lion. Have you seen Lion? No. Oh, I was full-blown sobbing. You know when you're sobbing and it's noisy in the yeah. cinema? I was Yeah, that, I cried a lot of that. <laughs> But I'd say the only thing I cry at, apart from major life events, are, are things that haven't happened, but that I'm daydreaming about. So I'll be walking along and my mind, pretty much against my will, will imagine something truly horrific, like my son dying. And then I'll start crying as I'm walking along. But it hasn't happened. So why am I crying about it? Why, why am I taunting myself like this? That's just a regular daily thing for me. The other thing 
TV singing reality shows. But it's not the things I'm supposed to cry at, but which I mean the bits where they're trying to make you cry, like VTs about dead nans, etc. There are two things that get me every time so that I'm sobbing. The first is when there's a choir or any kind of big group of singers and one person steps forward and does a solo. (gasps) Kills me. Like I'm a full blown, <laughs> snotty nose, sobbing wreck. I something about it being their big moment, like surrounded by everyone else being all supportive. Mm. I've been known to have a daydream while walking along the street and listening to music. And I imagine that I'm in a choir on the X Factor and I pick a line of the song, and then that's my solo. And I'm singing it. Oh my God. I probably like someone who's lost their entire family, home, and mind an hour ago. I'm a mess. The other thing that gets me on these TV singing reality shows is when someone, and they have to be young and preferably doing a song with some kind of rap in it, when in the middle of the song, they go out into the audience and up the stairs. That's it. I'm gone again. I don't even know why this particular one makes me cry. I've tried to analyse it. I have no idea. Maybe it's like the energy and optimism and enthusiasm of youth. Like there were two really young girls in the X Factor last year, like 14 and 15, and they were always doing it. And I'd always start doing these big shuddery sobs. (laughs) Do you relate to that at all? No. 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 Okay. The other one, yes, I think so a little bit. I mean, I've got my own triggers, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not so good with emotions in real life. Like nothing makes me more uncomfortable than a friend saying, love you or I love you. I either ignore it or if I may be really drunk, I might say, oh, yes, lots of love. (laughs) It's definitely not something that gets banded about willy nilly in my family. Like my dad is probably the most open and he did used to say a lot, who loves your baby? (laughs) Which I thought was nice until I realised much later in life that it was Kojak's catchphrase. (laughs) I do think life, though, might be easier if we could all be a bit more like my granddad, my mum's dad. So he was in the army and probably the cleverest person I've ever met, like the most incredible general knowledge. At the height of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I bought the board game for us all to play at Christmas. And it was his turn first. And he just went through from first question to a million pounds in, I think, under five minutes. And then the game was over. And then he went, was that it? Because he just got like that second's pause, question, 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 right. And when he was very old and went into hospital, I went to go and visit. And when I was leaving, he said, well, I won't see you again. So goodbye. (laughs) What do you say to that? What do you say? I just said, oh, okay, then bye. (laughs) I I never did see him again. Never saw him again. He was right. But wouldn't life be easier if we were all just a bit more like that? Welcome to the main module of the show. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a program called Adrift. Can you get with it yet? Do our listeners to need to be going out and stocking up on pencil sharpeners and rubbers? Well, they won't need a rubber. There's a rubber on the end of the pencils already. This is great news, yeah. So, I mean, I'll be honest. When I asked that, I, I thought I was I was expecting you to um, look down and say, "Oh, actually, I haven't done anything more on the pencils this week." Oh, I haven't done anything more on the pencils this week. Oh, right. <laughs> I just I just know they've got a rubber on the end. That's all. Well, I, I did, you did quite a lot last week. Like, I found out where they where they come from. Mm. I, did, I did a few uh, calculations as to uh, you know. How how we're going to become pencil millionaires? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Now I did a few to see, you know, see, check it was worth the while of like you know putting them all in packages and I don't know. Is it worth the while? Yeah, of course it is. So so what's going to happen next then? Well, first of all, we need to decide what to have written on them. Okay, so that's a big major step. Mm-hmm. Then we might want to put some feelers out for enthusiasm right before I order six thousand. 
Is that the minimum order? No, 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 no. There's, I don't think there is a minimum, but the more... I bet there is. I bet you can't order, like, two engraved pencils. Yeah, the more you order, the cheaper they are, so the cheaper we can sell them on, if you see what I mean. Right. Yeah. So is that the next step then, given that, that you've, you know, you you did some hard graft the week before, yeah, you needed to take a week off yeah, yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah. No, I was a bit tired this week. So, yeah. but, but, you know, it's, all, it's ticking away at the back of the brain. So like is is this customer market research the next thing? Yes. Yeah. So um, how will we do the market research, do you think? Well, we could just ask people to email. Is that not the easiest yeah. thing? Yeah. Would, would you be interested in buying a set of six pencils? I, I figure we'll do it in, in sixes. How many emails would we need to get mm. to to gauge whether the, this is an idea worth pursuing? Well, to be honest, like... It's quite easy to do. So even if just twenty people said it, I could get it sorted. But the more people that say they want it, the more the more I can order, and the cheaper they'll be. So if twenty people mm. ordered six pencils, yeah, yeah, uh, that'd be one hundred and twenty pencils, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, how much would it be per pencil? Ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, to be honest, like... Yes, I don't want people writing pa- it, in and yeah, saying, yeah. look, I'm interested in buying some pencils. And then you say, oh, that's great news. We're going to have them made. They're going to be £25 a pencil. No, 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 no. If we don't order very many, it's looking at... And this will be no profit to us. <laughs> Not that I'm looking to make a profit, but it'd be like a pound a pencil. So you're looking at £6 a pencil plus packaging. But if lots of people order them, then I can do them for like... <laughs> I can do them. Quite, I, can do, I them. can do them for say five fifty. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, yeah. Any any discount for cash? No, no, no. <laughs> to be honest, like, look, I need to, I need to do the math. You sounded like such a wheeler dealer then. I could do them for. Well, you were channeling your dad. I was. I was. Yeah. Look, basically, the more people want them, the the, the better deal we can get you. Okay, so if we get twenty emails, from I can't. People... The thing is, I can't do this for free. It's going to take up a lot of my spare time, and I don't have much spare time. You know, I need to get childcare, etc. So I, I'd need to like, I need to skim off like say one percent just for myself to justify doing this. So for, you're, you're saying for every. So saying I get it for six pound a pencil plus packaging, I'd need to charge seven pounds really, fifty p. Think per trip to the post office. Somewhat more than one percent. <laughs> with your math calculations <laughs> i was having no one to notice i haven't thought it through as you can tell okay well let's... i'm saying roughly it's going to be around about six pound fifty seven pound for six pencils customized pencils and they're really nice and they're customized they're going to be things like things from the show or the podcast aren't they like he was a bear and yeah unlucky. yeah yes, it's going to yeah. be thinking like i'm a drifter i don't know yeah. we haven't thought it through no um Oh, I was thinking shyness that. is nice. That'd yeah, be nice. Well, yeah. Well, let's let's see. Yeah. Let's see if there's interest. I mean, I I'll be honest. I don't think we're going to get twenty emails. <laughs> no, nor do I. And it will be yet another one of those ideas yeah. that never came to fruition. We just won't talk about it. if we if we don't have twenty emails by next week. We just won't. We just won't. Mention It'll never it. be mentioned it again. Just never be okay. mentioned again. We'll pretend it didn't happen. All right. So if you want to take part in the pencil market research, yeah. <laughs> do you think one pound for a pencil is good value? <laughs> A personalised pen- pencil, which is what I think it is. It's is a, yeah, yeah. It's like it's not personalised to you. No, but it's a, it's a pencil <laughs> you get from like a, a, a boutique gift shop. They're really, nice they're present. really nice pencils. And it's a present to yourself, you know. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you deserve yeah, it. Yeah. Or, or you give them as a gift to someone you know who likes the podcast. Yes. So um, that's, that's. I mean, that's less likely, isn't it? That mm, yeah. they would know somebody who liked the podcast. Very much so. Um, all right. We'll. I'm going to see if we can get 20 email messages. Okay. 
if I see one from Fenty Chinnit, <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna that... suspect foul play. Okay, that's not an easy way to do this. Like, put it on Facebook and like get likes or something. That it's easy for people, people to do. People click anything. Though, yeah, won't they? you're right. Okay, people, yeah. For e- people an email. to go to the effort of writing an email. Yeah, that means you know, they th- want there it. There is at least some chance yeah. that they'll buy one of these okay. overpriced pencils. They're not overpriced. They're really. Honestly, even without the, the customization, you would pay that in a shop because they're such nice pencils. Have you been to a shop and bought a pencil? Yep. You know they're not one pound for a pencil. The nice ones they are. Okay, nice okay, ones. okay. We're getting... Can I also add they don't come in any fancy packaging? They'll just come, they come loose. <laughs> Maybe you could wrap them up in some tissue paper. Yeah, a tissue, a, piece of, a bit of toilet paper. <laughs> Right, uh, mm. the 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 uh, the uh, market research mm. is is now open. Email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Later, when you go for a walk, you can take the show with you so that you're not left with your thoughts because we know what's going on there, and it's just it's it's quite scary. You should probably consult a doctor, or you should maybe get a dog and then walk with your dog or steal a dog. But just um, dogs can help you because they suck up your dangerous thoughts. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. The incident this week happened on a train. My wife did say to me the other day, you've got to scale back the train stuff on a, oh. on a drift. <laughs> um, but we went to Manchester mm. for the wedding mm. at the weekend. And we had a babysitter look after our son here in London. So it was just the two of us because it was oh. a no kids, uh, no little kids wedding. And we were just really looking forward to having the time on the train together mm. because I've been working away. Sarah had been doing a show. You know, there's just been a lot of stuff going on and we've barely seen each other. And there's something nice about being on an intercity train where you're almost like in this bubble in time. Mm. And we were really looking forward to it. So we got there early and we, we got a nice um, table seat oh, yeah. sat opposite each other and the train set off and we were having this lovely time. Mm. Then some gentleman came, you know, from a different carriage and sat in the seats behind ours, mm. another table seat. And I, I'm, I, I'm not 100% sure, but from their attire and demeanour, they were off to a football match. Okay. And, you know, they're sitting down, they're being quite loud. But as we've talked about before, you know, people can talk at whatever that volume they want on a train, as annoying as it is, unless, yep. it, you know, the, these 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 are the rules, unless it's the quiet carriage, right? Yeah. Th- that was what we decided, it's wasn't it? what we it? agreed, yeah. yeah. Yep. So even though I was finding their conversation quite annoying and disruptive mm. to my little bubble, I thought, well, that's just you're on public transport. Yep. If you don't like that, then you have to take private transport. Mm-hmm. Then the ticket inspector came along and I could hear him checking their tickets and having a bit of football banter Oh right, with them. And then he came to check our tickets. As he does this, I hear one of them get a mobile phone out mm. and put on what is presumably a video of a football match with commentary oh. and all the cheering, and they're all sort of watching it over the sp- uh, on the phone. Yeah. The speakers are turned up, Ugh. and they're, they're sort of bantering about what they can see on the phone. Right. So I'm thinking, surely what happens now is the ticket inspector says to them, oh, you can't listen to stuff on speakers. Right. Do you think? Did he? No, no. So he's checking no. our tickets, and I'm I'm amazed that I'm trying to like, give him a look because mm. I'm scared of these men. Like I don't want to say anything to them because I think they will, they, you know, they might beat me, <laughs> like, give me a beating. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
So I'm like looking at him thinking, why, why, why is this not registering as inappropriate behavior to you? And then he doesn't say this. So I lean in, hopefully so that they won't be able to hear me. And, and I go, is, is it okay for them to be doing that? Like listening on speakers like wow, that. You grass them up. I mean, they grass themselves up. He then says, go on. well, it's not too loud. Oh my God, he took their side. But that that to me is insane. The rule has to be you don't listen to... I know people do listen to stuff through speakers, but the rule, you the ticket inspector and the enforcer of the rules, you're, mm. you're the teacher of the train. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you can't allow people to listen to things through speakers, even if it goes on. You've at least got to be seen to be disapproving of that. That surely is the rule, right? That has to be the rule. Right. Or does it? <laughs> I find out in this week's The Incident. My friend Vicky isn't really called Vicky. She's asked me to use a fake name because she's a teacher. I've asked her if there are parallels between me complaining to the ticket inspector and an annoying child who snitches in school. Because I think in schools you've got a series of... Um, you've got a series of kind of... A kind of punishment, as it were, that you go through, that you can escalate it to people higher. And ultimately, you're in control of the situation. But I guess he isn't. And if they say we're not going to turn it off, he's got nowhere to go with that. But I don't don't think that was his motivation. I think his motivation was he identified me as a a tittle-tattle telltale and, and something about me annoyed him. And he wanted to be in with the cool football gang who he'd been having a bit of football banter with. And so he decided to ignore your complaint? Yes. And so he didn't say anything to them at all about it? No, no, nothing at all. Did you say anything to them at all? No, because I was scared that they might um, beat me with their fists. Would you have requested to see if, if, if you'd said to him, listen, I understand that you don't want to say anything to them, but would you let me move seats? And do the kind of the coward's way out. <laughs> do the like, I'm just going to shuffle down the, down the carriage a little bit. No, because I didn't want them to think I was hoity-toity. I, f- I feel that it was his job to do my dirty work for me, having been the customer who made the complaint. Well, if it had been a different TV show, would it have been just as offensive? Hmm. I mean, I suppose if you've been watching some something serene, like... Antiques like Roadshow. Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> I guess so it would be Antiques Roadshow on on their on their phones. Would you have complained to the guards? I, in the I possibly wouldn't. I possibly would have enjoyed the 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 chitter chatter uh, about um, objet d'art and so. So on. then maybe it is his responsibility to to ensure that rules are followed. But if you believe that the rule is you shouldn't play sound on your phone on the carries, then you probably should have to complain about whatever it is that they're playing, even if it's your own podcast they're listening to. <laughs> Would I would have asked them to turn it and up ask them to turn your podcast and off get the other the other passengers follow. to gather around. Yeah. You'd have to follow if you're going to follow those rules. They're, they're the rules you have to follow to the nth degree, right? So you'd have had to. But of course, so we, as much as he's picked and choose who he, <laughs> who he tells he can't, they can't listen to music aloud. Equally, you're picking and choosing what you complain about. But the but the point is, there was only this one thing for me. You know, I've not been in those situations. They're all hypothetical. So you yeah. know, as far as he knows, I would have complained had it been the Antiques Roadshow or or this podcast or the other podcast. So, the, so you think it's just be, just because you tattled? That's yeah, why, and, and, and that's why and, he chose not to. And I, I sort of, I've got memories. They're not specific memories, but sort of a sense of being at school and me annoying the teacher by being this goody two shoes and being a bit tittle tattly. And I wondered how real it is for teachers to be annoyed by that type of child. 
I think, I think it, like some, depending on what they're tattling about, it can be annoying. But mostly, I think you you kind of listen because you you want to make sure there's nothing else going on. Let me ask you a question. What what type of child would you be, hypothetically, because we know that you don't dislike any children that you teach, but hypothetically, if you were going to dislike one, would it be the know-it-all smart-ass who likes telling tales or would it be a kind of lovable rogue child who's always in trouble? A know-it-all, probably. Damn! I'm pretty convinced I'm the know-it-all. And and how should I go about snitching in the future if I want to if I if I want to see my complaint acted on? I mean, probably start with a kind of disclaimer, I guess. So, listen, I'm not the sort of person that always does this, or you know, I've got a really high tolerance level. <laughs> um, you know, that sort of thing that you're known for. Um, <laughs> you know, so to you know to be really and, and then to say, but uh, you know, this is and then probably make out as though it's in, affecting somebody else more than you and you're just looking out for the other person so you know the old lady down there she's trying to read the newspaper and i'm a bit worried that this is interfering with her reading her book so more like you're a good you're a good pup you know you're you're a good citizen yes public service as opposed to as opposed to just being it's annoying me and i could kind of roll my eyes about this woman as well i could sort of roll my eyes say it's not me i mean I, i i like the sound of this youtube video but this this woman over here i could see it's paining her roll my eyes a little bit say i mean i, I felt like i i had to be the one to say something so palm it off on her as your advice yeah or you could say i overheard her on the phone telling the person she was on the phone to mm. that there were some really disruptive men on the on the train listening to football and she was finding it really annoying but she was too scared to say anything yes you know, and i could also do... say and while you're at it could you have a word with her about talking too loudly on the, phone? on the phone as well <laughs> yeah could you ask her to move into the into the bit in between the, <laughs> the vestibule the conversation in the no- in the really noisy bit where it's really hard to have a conversation <laughs> you can do that and get them all in trouble and then hopefully you'll get off the train before everyone realizes what you've done Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Excuse me. Do you have any wood? Adrift. Ooh, I'm in the stream. A couple of bits and pieces. Um, so I stayed in a hotel when I went up for this wedding, mm. and I'd taken a present up with me. I'd taken my friends a, a, a picture that I'd had framed, um, but they'd said on the invitation, "No gifts, please." Mm. So I didn't want to turn up to the reception with this thing. <laughs> right, right. So I thought I'll drop it round their house the following morning. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, which then meant I didn't bother wrapping it until I got back from the wedding reception at half past two in the morning. Oh, late night. On Saturday night, a late, yeah. late night wrapping. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I went up to my room and I realised I'd brought scissors from home okay. to cut the wrapping paper. Yeah. Uh, but I hadn't brought sellotape. I'd accidentally left it on my kitchen table. Ah, the one thing you really, really need. So I went down to reception, mm. uh, as I say, about half past two in the morning mm. and said, oh, hi, 
Could, could I could I borrow some sellotape, please? Oh my god! At least it wasn't gaffer tape. What the heck thought was going on in that oh, room? Dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, on your own as I know, well. It makes I know. It worse. I just explained that Sarah went back to London because she had a show. Yeah. That's why I was alone in the room. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> does it make it? Well, yeah, probably it does. does actually, it yeah. Makes it Either way, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's nothing in this. It's just like a little thing that I heard somebody say, but I thought it was such a strange thing. So I went down for breakfast the next morning. Mm. And I do love a hotel breakfast. Oh, it's the best, yeah. It is the best. I mean, oh. you eat more than you would in a day in any other circumstance. Please tell me it was a buffet. Was it a buffet? It was the best. It was the best. It was the combination of um, a continental buffet. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the, the sort of full English or the full veggie oh. breakfast that they cook bespoke Ama- oh, for you. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I'm sat there eating my breakfast and I've not got a newspaper or anything. So I'm just listening in on the conversation of the two women next to me and one of the women says to the other if someone gives me toast i'll keep eating toast until they stop giving me toast even though i don't really like toast what (laughs) she needs to rethink that (laughs) it was really good um and i also just wanted to thank i I know this came up in conversation a couple it came up in one of the podications so sarah my wife did a run at the soho theater in london and somebody wrote in for a podication asking us to dedicate the podcast to her and mention that she's doing these shows because she i wouldn't have mentioned it otherwise Mm. because she'd go mad at me for using the the podcast Mm. to uh, promote her shows because she would see it as nepotism yeah so um that's that's the the, that's what happened in the weeks leading up to these shows and these shows were last week and I just want to thank that. The, I think there were a few drifters in every night from what oh, Sarah was saying. Lovely. So thank you if you did go along to that. It's much appreciated. I went along mm. and well, a couple of odd, odd things happened. Um, one was on the night I went, do you ever watch 30 Rock? I've seen it, yeah. You know yeah. Kenneth? Yes, yeah, yeah. He was in the audience. No! Yes! Really? Yeah. Do you know why? No. That's very cool. And and also, I should say that to Sarah, I mean, it's not quite me and the Beatles, but it's not far off. She is obsessed with that show. Um, when she was single, she would just watch it every night when she went to bed. She just watched that show. And even now, it's what she tends to put on when we're falling asleep every night. She can recite any episode almost verbatim so for her this was huge yeah so she got introduced to him afterwards and i was oh. too timid to go over and say anything but that that was quite exciting um and then the other thing so so i invited ed who i do the other podcast with ed Miliband. yeah and sarah's always been a bit funny about ed going to one of her shows because she thinks if you've got Ed Miliband in the audience, uh, everybody's going to be looking at him to see what he's laughing at yeah yeah rather than concentrating on her yeah yeah but I also know that knew that he really wanted to go and see one of her shows. Mm. So um, I said, look, we won't tell Sarah, get a ticket for one of her Soho shows and, and just go along. It'll be dark, get there beforehand, sit at the back. You know, she won't notice you were there until afterwards. Mm. So he gets this ticket to go to the show on the, this particular night. And then he calls me on that night about quarter past six. He's been at his constituency in Doncaster. Mm. He's travelling back down to London to go to the show and there's something's gone on with the trains and his train has just sat on the track for over an hour. And he's saying, what shall I do? And I genuinely don't know what to tell him because 
any normal person, yeah. you'd just say, well, just just turn, just sneak in a few minutes late. You know, I'm sure they're letting latecomers. Yeah. But the way this theatre is configured is the the door, the way you come in, is basically onto the stage. Yeah. You kind of have to walk across the stage right, right. to get to the seats. Mm. And I just have these horrible visions of Sarah two or three minutes into the show <laughs> and then the door opens and Ed Miliband walks out onto the stage. Oh, but what a night for that audience. I know, I, like, I know. I know, I know. But how, I mean, how would she? Yeah. How's she supposed to handle that as a comedian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you know, as as it happened, uh, his train just about got in in time, and he got there before it started. Oh. But um, so he he did go to the show, and he liked it. But I mean, I just I, I was I, I rang my friend Chris, who's also a comedian. And I said, what, what should, here's, a, here's a situation you don't get any every day. What what should I do in this situation? Should I tell him not to go, yeah. or should I pre warn her? Yeah, yeah. And his advice was, I'll just uh, just leave him, <laughs> which, which is what I did. I like his advice. If you know where you're going, it doesn't matter if the location is going in that same direction, because you're already making the move. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Adrift. All right, let's see if we can't issue some decrees, uh, some s- social rules in this week's Quandary Corner at the GLAP Clinic in Problematic. And I said to Annabelle before, I'm feeling a bit foggy of mind today. Mm. I feel like my contributions to the podcast this week haven't been great, to be honest. You but say that every week. <laughs> <laughs> It's never true. But I do feel it's true most weeks. No. Um, but but um, but anyway, let, let me see, see if I can redeem myself with these. I'm going to try and focus. Okay. So this first one's from Abby. So we're out in the January sales and I'm queuing to buy something. There's a family in front of me and their transaction is taking quite a long time. But I'm patient and happy to wait. They have two children with them. I'd guess a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Whilst the parents are chatting with the sales staff, I notice the four-year-old take a key ring off the counter and proceed to chew and suck on it. I think it's a bit gross, but as a drifter would never intervene in another family's parenting. I watch this going on for several minutes and I think, ugh, I wouldn't want to be the person who ends up buying that key ring. After a few more minutes, the family finish and get ready to go. The four-year-old goes to put the keyring back on the counter. Again, I'm still thinking, ooh, it's covered in slobber, but I'm definitely not going to mention or get involved. It's at this point that the dad notices and asks his son what's happened to the keyring. The boy, who has been chewing the keyring for the last five minutes, points at his little sister, who has been standing patiently and says, Poppy did it. Poor Poppy then gets a telling off from Dad as he says it's disgusting and explaining why it's not the right thing to do in this kind of shop. I stand by in silence. I've watched this boy chew this thing for at least five minutes and then all faux innocently blame his sister. They apologise to the shop assistant, offer to buy the slobbery keyring, then head off on their way and I buy what I've been queuing to pay for. I spent the next few weeks racked with guilt that I didn't stand up for popping and she got the telling off while her big brother got away with his misdemeanour scot-free. Surely something only a drifter would worry about. Would a confident <laughs> non-drifter have stepped in and righted the situation and told the parents, actually it was your son who did it? 
I'll never know and they'll spend the rest of my days wondering if this has changed the course of poor Poppy's life, always getting the blame for her brother's errant ways, while those in the nose stood by and let it happen. This is one for the Glatt Clinic. Should I have said something? I would never dream of telling another mum or dad how to parent their child, but should I have stated the facts and set the record straight? So all all it takes for evil to prosper is good men do nothing, right? So, oh, so that's the, the Well, I don't yeah. know that I would have. I mean, I might. Here's, here's what I think I would have done. Uh... When the kid said Poppy did it, I would have pulled a face like a really theatrical, whoa, face at the parents. And if they'd have picked up on that social cue, yeah, yeah. I might have done a wink and sort of point point to the point to the boy. <laughs> okay, so what you're doing is not actually using any words. Yeah, it'd be non-verbal. I'd be and the reason you're doing this, I believe, is so the boy doesn't know you're grossing up because you want that boy to like <laughs> yes, you. Yes. <laughs> Just examining this a little further, right? <laughs> so you want to grass the boy up, but you don't want him to know so he still likes yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and you don't think the parents were like, "Well, that man there said you did it," and then you'd be like, "What? No, what? deny it." <laughs> no, no, I'm just, yeah, I was just looking over there. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, looking at him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. okay. What would you do? What would you think is the right oh, thing to do? See, we all know what the right thing to do is. The right thing to do is to say, "Oh, actually," but you, but you, you but can't. is is one of life's is one of life's lessons that you sometimes get blamed for things and nobody comes to your defence. So really, Poppy just learned a valuable life yeah. lesson. I just think it's you, you just don't want to get involved, do you? You don't want to have to open your mouth and get involved. So you say nothing. Don't engage. Yeah. Yeah. Bad Samaritan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. But, but as you say, Poppy has learned a life lesson. Yeah. And it's all fine. Okay, let's move on to the next one. This is from Phil. I was chatting to a work colleague who I see once a month when I hand over to her in the pharmacy department. I've recently gotten married and we were chatting about married life and I casually mentioned that me and my wife were looking at moving house. Somehow my colleague must have heard that we were pregnant, a fact that didn't immediately click in my head and as a result I didn't address it immediately. Not that I probably would have anyway given the fact I identify as a drifter. I would like to say that whilst me and my wife are not currently looking to get pregnant, it is something we'll be looking at in the next few years once she's finished her training and her new job. But that would be at least two to three years. My question is, how do I address this with my colleague? As far as I can see it, my only options are me and my wife become pregnant or I can leave my job never to return. Or do I try and explain that she's having a really long pregnancy and it's some kind of (laughs) medical marvel? I appreciate any advice you can give on this subject, although fully understand if you can't fit in the podcast. There we go. Well, we fit it in. What what do you think on this one? Well, I think you you were quite right with your options. Either you do um, get pregnant now and your wife like really messes up her training and you do it just to have save the fact that you'd ever have to explain to this woman that she misheard you. <laughs> or you leave your job and completely change your life either. It's very difficult. I guess mm. you just have to... If she asks again, this is what I would do. If she asks again, i just say, oh, what? No. No, no I mean, this is what I was going to say. I yeah. think this is it, isn't it? The next time she mentions it, say, how's your wife's pregnancy going? What? You go, hey, what? No, it's uh, not pregnant. Oh, did you? Oh, no, 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 no. She's not pregnant. Yeah. But then, then you could be making her feel awkward because she th- might think something went wrong with the pregnancy. Let her think that. <laughs> as long as you're not the one feeling <laughs> yeah. awkward yeah yeah oh god no you're right then she'd feel really terrible and... yeah yeah okay then maybe you have to take her to one side and say oh by the way i think oh, this is embarrassing i think you might have misheard we're not having a baby just so you know expertly handled do you think that's the answer yeah okay yeah. then there we go 
If you have a social situation and you'd like to know the rules, it's troubling you. You don't know how to behave. You don't know what the rule is. We, we will thrash it out for you like we just did then. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for downloading and thank you to you if you sent in a story. These, uh, it's gold. It's, it's just gold. And we love hearing about your own social ineptitude. And as I said before, failure to blend in as a member of the human race. Uh, let, let, let us have your story if you haven't already or if you've got a new one for us that we'd love to hear from you. Hello at adriftpodcast.com is the email address. Um, thanks to the man in the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made the eye dance. Patrick Gunning and Awana Babu plugged everything in and should anything go wrong, I'm sure we could call on them. Um, Kim Rainey designed the artwork. What a fantastic job she did, mm. Kim Rainey. Yeah. And Carla Gowlett took the photos, also very good. And um, and I think that, that's all, isn't it, really? I think so. Um, what, one last thing. Look look at me. Yeah. Like, look into my eyes. Oh, don't say it. Look into my eyes. Don't say it. I love you. <laughs> Adrift. Adrift. On to the publications. Just, um, this mouse is annoying me this week. I find it difficult to, to control it. Mm. It's gone rogue. Oh um, okay, I've got them. Here we go. Uh, this one comes from Sharon Owen, who says, Could I request a publication for my son, Joseph Cheeseman, who I am persuading to listen? Oh, I don't like the sound of persuading. No. Or, or the next line. PG advisory. Yeah. <laughs> Some years ago, when on your early evening radio show, you had a phone in about inappropriate things said at the doctors, I texted in with a story where myself and my now husband, Joe's stepdad, got unexpectedly frisky and I forgot I was wearing a tampon. This led to me being unable to find it and having to go to the doctor. I had to remember this, actually. Do you? <laughs> coming back. Yeah, oh, yeah. wow, I didn't remember. Um, I had uh, quite a friendly and light- light-hearted relationship with the doctor, who at that point had been my GP for 25 years. I was embarrassed whilst trying to make small talk and most definitely not making eye contact. I... Um, Tried to, trying to explain how this had happened and how hard I tried to retrieve it myself before resorting to professional help as my GP furrowed his brow and plunged in. After what felt like an hour, he commented with a grin. There's no, no surprise you couldn't find it. It's cavernous down there. <laughs> I found this hilarious and mortifying at the same time. Anyway, with uh, when I texted this story into you, my husband and I were alone in the house. But by the time you read it, Joe, 14 at the time, now 25, was happily laughing at the story with us. No idea that it was his mum's <laughs> embarrassing moment. So, hi, Joe. Glad you're listening. We've lost him, haven't we? That's it. He is. She might have been persuading him, but that was the final straw. He is never listening again. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's so good. Yeah. Anyway, Joe, it was a nice, nice while it lasted. Yeah. And then this one comes from Lucy, who says, Hello, Jeff, Annabelle and fellow drifters. 
Hello. Hello. Hope you're well. I've just caught up with Adrift after an intensive few weeks of listening in every free podcast moment since discovering it. I had been binge listening to Reasons to be Cheerful, and then Adrift was mentioned, and I am now a listener to both. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Um, and there you go, a little bonus story about Ed in this week's podcast yes, as well. Yes, yeah. I'm not sure whether this should be submitted to Podications or Quandary Corner at the GLAP Clinic in Problematic at the Rural School. And any that I may have missed, I'll leave it to your good judgment. Um, yeah, I've, I've given up on any more beyond that, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's yeah. enough, isn't it? Yeah. Today, I approached the prescription counter at a pharmacy near my work. I asked a lady who was drifting, not one of us though, near the counter, if she was in the queue. She answered shortly, well, I'm not standing here for fun. Hmm. I muttered under my breath that she may have been waiting to be called rather than in the queue, but she did not look in my direction again. Mm. It was at this point that it occurred to me that she sounded somewhat like a freelance supplier whose services I regularly hire and speak to, often on the phone, but have never met in person. I dismissed this thought and stared angrily at the back of her head until she requested her prescription. Obviously, it was my supplier. Thinking, thinking I could shame her because she'd been so rude to a client, I uncharacteristically made myself known. Gladys, not real name. Sorry, I, I couldn't help but overhear your name. It's Lucy from company name. Gladys was not shame. What's wrong with Gladys? Her vague and rude cue behaviour was clearly so habitual that she didn't flinch. In addition, she was a difficult customer ahead of me in the queue, and my introduction slowed down everyone, including a growing queue behind me. So I'd associated myself unnecessarily with a source of crowd (laughs) discomfort and impatience. I'd failed my meek revenge. Um, I'd delayed myself in my own business and trapped myself in work-related small talk on my lunch break. I just wanted to disappear. On reflection, perhaps I don't needs uh, to be told what I should have done as it can only crystallise the cringe I do understand the impulse to shame her though yes because especially knowing well she needs me in the workplace and she's been rude to me because it was like a polite shaming you just introduced yourself yes. hoping that would be enough to realise that she behaved like a terrible person which she had I know it was kind of ideal but the fact she didn't rise but to it she's yeah. a sociopath yeah well there you go mm. um, if this becomes a publication could it be for my friend Jen who I met at company name, and who I've, I've recruited to the podcast. I really miss her being in the office and now uh, and now and in London gen- generally, although I imagine she doesn't particularly miss Gladys, <laughs> and value our regular WhatsApp chats and occasional catch-ups in London. I couldn't be happy that she is less driftery than me and drunkenly requested that time we should be proper friends. Oh, Jane. Kind regards, Her Excellency Lucy. Well, uh, that's a... Uh, that is a great story. I mean, I've, I see a lot of myself in that story. Right, it's the indignity. Mm. You know, you want you want to, you just want them to know. I see you. Yeah. Is what you're trying to communicate. Yeah, yeah I get that. Uh, so there we go. Um, Sharon Owen with the uh, cavernous um, <laughs> and her excellency Lucy to Jen. Uh, that's the latest edition of the podcast. If, by the way, you'd like a podcast, you can email us that email address again. I feel like I've said it a gajillion times in this episode alone. And yet I still get people every week tweeting mm. me saying, what's the email address? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 